Welcome to the Breakthrough Zone, where lives are transformed one breakthrough at a time. Now, here's your host, internationally recognized coach and author, John Page Burton. Hey, great to be here in the Breakthrough Zone today. Today we have a special guest with us, Jorge Ruiz, who is a grief recovery specialist with Interfaith Community Services here in Tucson, Arizona. And I'm just extremely pleased to have you on the on the show today. I've I've been following your work and your passion. And I've had a chance to really get to know you over the last month and just very impressed with what you're doing. And I, I thought this would be an awesome opportunity for us to just have a conversation, not only to learn more about what you do, but how did you get there? And and you know, the breakthrough zone itself is is really a show that's about people who are successful at what they do. But all of us, whether we are successful in business, we're successful as a grief uh, recovery specialist, if whether we're successful as a coach, a business owner, whatever that looks like, that's what we see today. But all of us had a path that we took to get to that place. And very few of us, you know, it just that this this whole concept of you know people ah, they were born with a silver spoon in their mouth nobody was born with a silver spoon in their mouth everybody was born into different circumstances most certainly but it's that journey we're on and everybody is going to have those moments where they're questioning god what am i doing here uh why did i take this path why is this happening to me and it's in those moments that we really develop our character. It's in those moments that we break through those obstacles, get around those perceived failures, and really take uh, our game to the next level. So again, Jorge, I'm glad to have you with us today. Um, I'm going to turn it over to you. Tell me a little all bit right. about oh, you and what you're doing. Sure. First of all, thank you. Thank you for having me here today. Thank you to LTD Media Company as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you're right. And one of the biggest things is that uh, when, it, when it comes to breakthroughs, uh, most of the time, unfortunately, uh, we, we feel like we, we're just not empowered enough to, to make the choices we need to make in order to change our lives. And, and uh, one of the reasons that, that I became a grief recovery specialist, and I got to give a bunch of credit to a, a young lady by the name of Dawn at Gap Ministries that convinced me to, to get the, the, uh, the certification is that it, grief recovery, it gives you an applicable way to, to go back in time, find those losses that have hurt you. And, and uh, a lot of times, most folks continue to make their choices for their future endeavors, not from the moment, but from the pains and the, and the traumas they suffered in the past. And that's only because your soul, your system, hasn't quite yet processed that. And so if you can imagine, uh, there, there is, a, I believe, there's 99% or more of humanity that at some point went through a very difficult time, and they still carry that with them, uh, you know, and it's, and it's very difficult to plan uh, from the past, from the pain, from the fear. And, and so grief recovery has given me a practical way to tell you, all right, let's think about tomorrow from today, not from the past, from the pain and anything else that, that you're dealing with. Yeah, I would say that you know, the past should serve as a reference point, not a permanent resting place. 100%. And a lot of people 
they stay in that place sure. because they get something from it. 100%. Whenever we, you know, people will often say, give the example of, you know, someone who is consistently going through some type of domestic abuse. Why don't they leave? Well, they're getting something from that, right? Yeah. And it doesn't make it right, but it, it, it helps to understand sure. why people will stay in situations or they'll cling to memories from the past. So how did you how did you end up in grief recovery? I mean, you know, I guess it's quite a bit of a long journey. So I came from Mexico when I was about twelve or thirteen years of age. At the time, I moved up here with my aunts. I didn't speak English, um, and went through quite a difficult time in, in, in high school. There was a, perhaps a couple of occasions uh, where I, where well, I, I guess I shouldn't be here. Is, is what what I can say. Um, but going through all that, going through high school, and, and I finally uh, met up with a new group of friends, if you will, that uh, were on the opposite side of the spectrum as it relates to what I was doing. Uh, my, my high school career, if you will, was pretty bad. I wasn't doing anything at all. I was in a lot of trouble most of the time. I met a new group of kids, uh, one of them also Jorge, his last name Hernandez, uh, John and, and Jose and Kenneth and Louis and all these different uh, folks that I met right about that age when I was, uh, you know, quote unquote, a senior or junior rather, that be I began to see life through their eyes rather than where I was stuck at. And where I was stuck at was fear and, and doubt and, and anger. I had quite a bit of anger. Long story short, because of these folks I just mentioned to you, I was able to uh, repent, if you will, metanoia in Greek, change the way I was thinking. Um, and then I ended up working at a place for a very long time out here in Tucson. It, it's, uh, it's a flea market or the Tanker Verde swap uh, with a lot of these same young folks. And so it, it, I was learning. I was working with sheriffs there. Uh, they were mentoring me. Uh, I apologize for that. I just hit the mic. Uh, they were mentoring me. So I continued to learn from folks because I never had that, that type of a, of a mentorship. Skip again. Now I'm working at uh, Wells Fargo. I'm a, I'm a business banker, they're a business specialist as well, uh, and, a, and a personal banker. And I'm doing well, but uh, my heart is now wanting to serve. I, it, it's, it, it was always burning for that. Uh, I get an offer from Wells to have an opportunity to uh, become a manager, assistant manager, and, and with more growth, I had quite a bit of support. At the same time, I was volunteering with Arizona Youth Partnership, uh, doing a, a program that uh, helped strengthen families. I was a facilitator for them. Well, they also offered me a job at the same time. Uh, chose with my heart, and I, I kind of left it up to my wife. I said, this is something I'm passionate about. Obviously, banking has a lot more opportunity for income. Uh, but she told me that, you know, if I wanted to go with, with my heart, I, can do, I could do that. And, and my prayer before that was, Lord, you, you tell me what to do through my wife because she and, and my family is going to be impacted. Well, now I've been in, in nonprofits, Arizona Youth Partnership, GAP Ministries, and right now at Interfaith Community Services for the last 13 years. Got my certification for grief recovery at GAP Ministries while working there with, uh, I was running a couple of homes with foster youth and helping um, uh, Chef John Hahn with the program he has out there. And uh, that's how grief recovery came to be. Um, and now I'm, I'm doing it at ICS as well. So what do you think was programs. that? What, what was that turning point? You talked about, you know, I go back to, um, you talked about the three, Jose and John, and, and these Jorge, people, yeah, were, Jorge, yeah. and they were going in a, 
completely different completely direction. Completely different direction. Yes. So what was it that, because obviously at this point you've got a lot of turmoil. 100%. Things are going on in your life. You're not feeling good. You, you're, you're, you're feeling probably somewhat displaced. 100%, yes, sir. And so these these people, what was their mindset? What were they, uh, what were they telling you? They were obviously very influential sure. in your life. You still sure. remember them. When, oh, they're still in my life. Uh, probably now, still in your circle. Jorge, unfortunately, and his brother John were extremely instrumental in my life, have, have passed away. Mm-hmm. However... Um, but what was the message? What was that message you, know, you were seeing, <sighs> hearing from them that really you said, wait sure. a minute, this sucks, I need to do something different? Okay, there was, there was a sense of, 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 of that old tough love, okay? And the understanding that, see, when folks look at young kids that are struggling at school, especially perhaps in, in, in the, the schools where there's more difficult or, or, or kids that are more challenging, they will go on to say that they must be just lazy. Right. They must have uh, problems. They, they, they don't want to succeed. But the reality, John, is called fear. Right, right. We're, a fear. we're afraid of failure. I mean, we've seen it enough. We are afraid to hope. Okay. Yeah. So Jorge, Jorge, specifically Jorge, Jorge had got leukemia. Uh, right about that uh, 17, 18 years of age, okay. uh, 16, 17. I was 18, I believe. And, and so on one occasion, uh, I told Jorge, I'm dropping out of school. I was not doing well at all, John, okay? Jorge would tell me, no, you're not. No, you're not. And, I, and so over the summer, we played basketball. We hung out together. Now, keep in mind, this group of kids had taken me away from potential harm. Every weekend, every day, okay? But okay. so now I was doing these things that most kids enjoy doing, that I enjoy doing, but I was not doing them because I didn't know about them. I didn't know there was that type of a lifestyle outside from where I had been put in. Yeah. So Jorge, on the first day of school, I was done with school. I was in my bedroom, scared and at the same time excited because I was done and there was too much trauma and, and I was running what I thought was my life. Well, Jorge came over to my house knocked me off my bed, literally, threw me in the shower, got all my records ready for school, my, my shots, uh, got my, my, my clothing ready, forced me to go to school. I went to Sunnyside High School. When I got there, my last hope was there's going to be long lines because I didn't get registered. Well, Jorge had talked to all the teachers and the registration folks so that he pulled me right in. I was done with reg- reg- registration in about 30 minutes. Okay, so you're asking me, what was that? What was that, right? The change. Here's the big one. Jorge went completely out of his way to because make sure. Because he cared about you. He cared more than I even had uh, an understanding. And he was wiser. Behind, I mean, he passed away when he was, I believe, if, if I'm correct, 17, mm-hmm. perhaps 18. It was a long yeah. time ago. Um, I was I'm one year older than he is. Yeah. But Jorge had set everything up so that he would pull me in. Now, here, here's the big difference, right? I got here when I was in sixth grade, didn't speak English. In seventh, eighth grade, I became very angry because I was being picked on racism, prejudice, all these things you can imagine. I became not lazy, I was afraid. In Mexico, I was an extremely good student, a very good soccer player, but that went dormant because at the end of the day, John, is, is identity and who you think you are is what you go on to do. That's a big deal. So my identity had become such that I did not control it. Jorge and this, this group of kids has, 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 was giving me a new identity. Mm-hmm. They believed in me. There was things they did for me in school that blew my mind as it yeah. relates to we know you can do better, right? How incredibly intuitive these, these, 
young people were because, I mean, wow, it's amazing. Kids 17 years old. I mean, it just comes into your life and, and he's super intuitive. And I want to go back to something you just talked sure, about sure. too, because you talk about your, you know, we, we hear we're a product of our environment and I believe that. I mean, sure. you know, I always talk about the five to seven people you spend the most time with. They have the absolute greatest 100%. impact on your life. So if you're hanging around with people who are, you know, not very motivated, pretty cynical, they like to party, that's probably where you're going to go. Sure, definitely. You could have gone back in high school, you could have continued down the path with gangs and drugs and all the things that were sure. probably in play. Sure. But you made a key decision yeah. at 16 or 17 years old that you were going to follow yeah. these guys, yeah. right? And we all have that that opportunity, sure. who we who we follow. I know mm-hmm. that... Um, you know, at least once a year, I evaluate my associations and I go, okay, who in here is someone that really fits? But I'm always looking to, you know, build on those associations. I'm always looking to build your network. And I just find this fascinating that at a young age that they were so intuitive and that you were so intuitive that you knew that what they were doing, you didn't like being thrown out of the bed, but but look at all the stuff they did for you. And it absolutely changed your trajectory. Let's, 100%. let's pick it up from there. You know, the biggest thing that, that I can tell folks out there is that it takes this, this one choice you make because everyone out here for the most part will have a, a couple people in their life, perhaps one or two. Mm-hmm. In my case, I was blessed. Uh, my mom was a fighter. Uh, she still is. She's an amazing uh, woman. My brother, uh, my younger brother, he, he was waiting for me to, to step up and do the right thing. And, 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 and so I needed to do that. But Jorge, the thing that he did for me that day was give me an opportunity. And I say that because of this. The first day of class, I sat on my desk. Now, you got to remember, sixth grade, I had done nothing. Fights, you name it, uh, serious trouble. But not because I was lazy, because I was afraid. So mm-hmm. as I sat on this desk, I thought to myself, and this is why the word repentance in the Greek is very important to me, metanoia, because Jorge had done his part. He had done his part. And so I sat on on this desk, you know, and then I thought to myself, I've been here this whole time. I've never tried. I've never tried. I've never seen this light. I'm going to do it. And so for that first semester, well, John, it's embarrassing to say, but I uh, I had classes all the way from freshman to senior classes because I was kind of in trouble all the time. Right. But I, I, had, I had straight A's, all of them above 100%. Mm-hmm. And a very a- amazing thing that happened to me that um, just blew me away. I, I, uh, I had a senior literature class. Now, keep in mind, I just learned the language. And uh, Ms. McDonald at Sunnyside High School. And, and I go into this class, and, I, and it turns out that if, you re- if I read a story... I can just break it down. Like, you don't want to watch The Matrix with me, man, because I'll, I'll drive you insane. I can just see <laughs> things, right? right? Well, love the class. Little did I know uh, she picked me to be student of the month. Right. I was extremely different for, for me, wow. especially. So my, my buddies on the other side, the, the dark side, if you will, which I still love them, and they were only in darkness because they didn't know better. Right. And, and, and there's a lot of us that go through that. They were in shock, and my, my new buddies, uh, they were like, what? They were also kind of thinking, well, that's pretty awesome, yeah. but check this out. And, and again, folks, this will happen to you in a different capacity, I promise you, but you got to keep going. I get student of the month. My mom cannot go because she's at work, 
so I go to this uh, area at Sunnyside where you have lunch with your mom, the principal, and yada, yada. I go there by myself, right? As I'm walking into this, this office, or I think it was where the teachers ate, they wouldn't let me in because they knew me. They just knew me a little bit different, if you will. Yeah. Uh, so, so I was telling them, I'm student of the month. They were saying, no, you're not. Get out of here. <clears throat> you know, go back to class. And, and uh, at some point, I began to get angry, all right? Because why? Because sometimes when you, when you begin to change the way you think and act, those around you don't believe it. Right. Right? Or they're un- they're uncomfortable. Yeah, they're, they're uncomfortable yes. because they want to keep you. And this happens in 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 life Everywhere. all the time. It's that the crab pot theory. One hundred percent. As one crab tries to sure. crawl out, the next one pulls him down. You don't yes, need a lift. Yes. Yeah, that was your reality. They were saying, "Oh yeah, it was all over the place." But including with these teachers, and I was like, "Okay." So I began to get upset to the degree where. This anger that I had, that, that I had developed was coming out. I was about to cry, and if I started crying, it was not just this soft, gentle cry. I was about to blow up. So what I did is I stepped out outside of the uh, of the classroom, and I was just sitting outside. And there comes Miss McDonald. She's like, "What are you doing out here?" Right? She says, "The breakfast is in this in this room." And I says, "Well, they they kick me out. They don't believe me." She says, "What?" She walked in there, man, in about three to five minutes. I, I went inside, and all these folks, principal, everybody that was there were very apologetic, you know, uh, saying, uh, well, we're sorry, and, and all these things. And what was great about that is for the first time in a very, very, very long time, I, I was right. You see, when you begin to lie to people, the first person you lie to is yourself. Sure. And you develop these ideas about you and about your future that are all lies. And so that was the first time that, that I, in front of adults, had told the truth. Now, they didn't believe me before, and that was fine, um, because I understand the whole trusting. But for the first time ever, I was right as a young man. And so um, that started just this whole new way of thinking for me. Now, I wish I could say, went on to Harvard, got my degree. I couldn't do that, and I mean, right. <laughs> because yeah. I was so far behind. Uh, but I'm going to tell you something. Uh, so that first semester, man, I was even tutoring kids. It was incredible. I never knew I had that in me. Mm-hmm. Second semester, Jorge began to get pretty sick. And so Jorge, when he didn't go to school, I didn't go to school, meaning I was kind of hanging out with him. Uh, He had leukemia, and and it would kind of just throw him down a little bit every now and then. And the interesting thing was with Jorge is that, man, what a wise, wise young man. So he he, he, uh, uh, purposely designed my schedule so that I had first period with him so that he could pick me up at school at my home every day. So, but interestingly enough, uh, second semester of, of the of the school year, the same school year, we ditched a whole lot, John. Hmm. And I didn't even pause to think, hey, you know, my grades are going to drop. No, 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 he, he needs me to be with him. And at that point, he didn't push me to go to school, like almost like he said, look, I'm going to show you what you're capable of. And you're going to see it. But then we'll see what you do with it. For now, let's go to Jack in the Box and have some burgers, right? right. Uh, and so it was incredible. And every one of these guys that, that are still around, I'm still talking to them every day mm-hmm. uh, during, uh, via text. And uh, they continue to change my life and challenge me. Um, but the choice I made, because we're all going to have opportunities and fear will come and, and stifle those. And then at some point, you got to say, well, what if? even if I'm afraid, even if I feel incapable. 
what if? Change your story. Yeah. Change your life. And that thing just, man, took me all over the place, and they've all been blessings. So, so let's move up to today. So, so today, you're tell me a little bit about your family. Who, you know, you're married. I am. I've been married for uh, 20 years. Uh, Priscilla, she's an amazing woman, and uh, I have two daughters, uh, Isabella and Savannah. They're 12 and 18. Um, and then my mom lives with us at home nice. uh, as nice. well. And then my brother, of course, he's he's, uh, he's got his own family. His name is Carlos, and he's been incredible in my life as well. He's so how have you translated your your childhood experiences to your daughters? You know, one of the things that, that I began doing with them, and, and they kind of see me and talk about this stuff all the time. It's, it's just a constant. And, and just recently, I gave them a more solid structure uh, with the idea that the first thing you need to do is remember that a vision and goals and dreams, all that really is at the end of the day is an imagination, an imagination. So I've given them a structure. I told them, here, listen, I need you to imagine yourself. Just imagine yourself as to what you want to see as it relates to your mind, your body, your spirit, your circumstances. Go there to such a degree that emotionally you feel you're there already. Yeah, you yeah. feel it and begin to see what happens and the changes you'll, you'll make because of that. At the very least, if you have that type of uh, understanding, you live one day at a time, John, no matter what it yeah. is. You live in the moment. You live in the moment. And so, but if you begin your moment... With the idea that there's hope, there's faith, there's God, there's, there's love, and there's an expectation, there's a meaning for you, then the moment's going to be great. And if you have a great moment in the day, your relationships, your, your interactions, uh, the way you feel your body feels, it's going to mm-hmm. be awesome. So now my girls have a, more of a structure, uh, which I was not doing because... Uh, I needed to learn that aspect of it. Now, all day, every day, they'll tell you I'm talking to them and, and giving them perspectives and metaphors and, and so that they understand. Um, but I've now developed more so of a structure so they can see it. And it's not something that I did. It's something that you practice, I'm sure, and that you've seen other folks uh, practice. It's in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, but my girls are, are, and they've seen some pretty amazing things happen, but they're beginning to understand that, uh, you know, the whole idea of imagining your life, it's critical. You know, yeah. Either you imagine your life or someone else will imagine your life for you. We talked about that last night. Uh, yeah. I know you're taking part in my pivot from the, uh, the heart course. Sure, we, sure. We talked last night about visualization, visualizing where 100%. it is that you want to go, mm-hmm. what you want your life to look like, and then work backwards. And I think a lot of times people get confused. What do you mean work backwards? Well, sure. You begin with the end in mind, like Stephen Covey talks about in one of his books, the uh, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. Begin with the end in mind. So, what is it that you want your life to look like, and then you begin to design that working backwards. Sure. But it all starts, in my opinion, it starts with you know every day in every moment we have decisions and choices, right? And so, I think when you when you talk about sharing those concepts with your kids, sure at that age, it's setting them up for success. Because, you know, so many of us were, were, were raised where keep your mouth shut, you don't have anything to say. Sure. Um, I mean, I, I didn't have that per se, but, but it wasn't that it was said. It was sometimes it was just, you just kind of understood it, right? So I think one of the biggest challenges that parents have today 
too to kind of go down another and I'll do this on the show sometimes I'll just go down these little holes no worries but I think is that they're the expectations and the uh, they have expectations but they're not giving them a, a track to run on sure. we have so many families that the internet has become a mm-hmm. surrogate parent right 100 percent yeah kids are being raised in chat rooms they're not getting those things mm-hmm. so I think that when you talk about you know talking to your daughters about visualization and where do they want to go and where do they see themselves and most importantly who do you see yourself becoming sure you know a lot of people identify with careers when somebody mm-hmm. says you know what do you do you immediately identify with your job right that's what sure. people do and so i think that you know the more we can especially with young people uh, my kids are grown but but you know you you've got them at home the more we can get them on that visualize what you want your life to look like Mm -hmm. and then start manifesting it through your action. Sure. There was a book out a few years ago that the law of attraction, I think everybody thought that if they sat there and they meditated for 15 minutes in the morning and thought about it, (laughs) then they wake up and go, dang, the Mercedes is in the driveway. This is cool. I love it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I hear you. But the reality is, is that I call, I, I, I talk about the law of attraction as a starting point. Sure. But the law of action is the key. That's that's what drives the engine. You've got to go out and mm-hmm. you got to go out and hustle. You got to go out and sure. you got to go out and grind. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the hot seat here real quick. Sure. Um, so if I said to you, biggest breakthrough moment of your life, what was the what's the first thing that comes to mind? Biggest breakthrough moment where you had an opportunity. Mm-hmm. We know that you you were going down a bad path sure. in high school. That was probably a breakthrough moment. But since then, breakthrough moment that got you to where you're at today. Christ. Christ. Christ, 100%. Uh, You know, I had a dream many years ago, uh, 20 years ago, where uh, it was a unique dream. I was very analytical. I was already studying a whole lot of things, uh, Anthony Robbins being one of them. Yeah, absolutely. Love telling. Um, And so, but I had a dream that led me to read the Bible. At that point, I read it cover to cover. uh, And at some point in the middle of that, I fell in love with Christ and Holy Spirit, and faith became tangible for me. Uh, so without him, man, I, I can tell you. And that's your guiding. That, that's your guiding foundation. One hundred percent. I mean, every conversation I have with you, you're obviously very passionate about yeah. your faith, your yeah. belief. You know, foundation. It's it's foundational to me, and and it's important to me because it's important that folks understand that that as mentors, as folks, and, and you and I have done this forever, and. and uh, it's important for them to know that we even do it for a higher power, higher reason, and that we may disappear, we may change, we may collapse and fall down, right. but the one that, that, in my case, I follow will never, yeah. and will, it will be there beyond time and space. Uh, and so everything that I've learned is from, from, from his, from his uh, I guess you can say from his examples and, and the teachings in, in the scripture. And so... Uh, uh, outside of, of Jorge, which I now know, and, 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 and Louis, and, and, and John, and, and Jose, and, and Jim, all these folks that, that in my life have been there, um, I know now that, that it was God that put them in place for sure. me, you know, or for each other, rather. And so um, that was a big thing for me. It's, it's, it's been my anchor. Um, and then, obviously, grief recovery gave me a practical tool, John, because it's different. It's difficult for me to tell you, I want you to think this way, it'll bless you. And then it's a whole different thing to say, here, I'm going to show you how. I'm going to show you how to think this way. And, and so grief recovery 
has become and, and it will continue to become, I believe, also a big moment for me because it's, it's given me a, a platform to provide folks a, a blank slate for their future by healing them. Right. By right. healing them because there's, there's a lot of folks that are just hurt, man. Nobody out yeah. there is lazy and not wanting to do life to the best of their ability. No, man. They are terrified. They're, yeah. they're hurt. Fear is a, fear is such a huge oh, man, huge I, thing, I right? It. That we everybody has it. I don't. The, you could be the most successful um, athlete. You sure. could be the most. You know, it could be Tom Brady, right? We'll, sure. we'll take Tom Brady, sure. the immortal wonder, right? <laughs> sure. Who's coming back, right? From what he's I coming back. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, gonna he's yeah. gonna play at least about 55, 60. He probably you know, can. He, he probably yeah. can. Yeah. But um, but Tom, there there's some there there are things that Tom will avoid. Because he's afraid of them. Sure. Everybody has that. Sure. And so I think that goes back to whether it's, you know, any, any, we talked about this last night, anything that uh, is unknown to us, anything that's uncomfortable to sure. us, we will immediately start creating stories. Yeah. I call them avoidance strategies. Yeah. Yeah. So that we can get out from under it. Right. Sure. sure. But everybody has fear. And, and, we have to, the only way we're going to ever get on that other side is we have to Face take it. the uncomfortable action. Yeah. We have to confront it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people that I, you know, I share some people and a lot of times and they go, really? They're like shocked, but I'm an extreme introvert, right? So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I like, I like doing this. Sure. There's three of us here. I like doing yeah. what I did yeah. last night, um, you know, teaching the course. I can public speak. I've had the privilege to speak on stage in front of, I think the biggest crowd I ever spoke to is about 8,500 people at a network marketing convention in Las Vegas, but it's uncomfortable, right? Yeah. But I go out there and I do that and that's, you know, I'm not going to skydive, right? So I've got people going, (laughs) you got to skydive. That's going to really show, I'm not going to skydive. And it's not going to happen. I'm not going to play catch with rattlesnakes, but no, but in our general life, if if I want to go out there and be a voice, make an impact, sure. then I have to break through that. One hundred percent. And so, again, what 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 is one of the biggest fears that you had in your life yeah. that you've overcome? You know, it's always not being enough. You know, as I mentioned to you, the education I've had, I, I've uh, I love reading, I love studying, mm-hmm. I do it on my own. I, I don't yeah. have the credentials. Uh, I never, uh, it was it was so late in my high school game that I never had the chance to go on forward and then going into the future, um, you know, th- there was the, the idea that, that I was just not enough. Uh, English is my second language, you know, uh, my accent and all these different things. So it was always that challenge. So it's always, it was always fear. And I mentioned it last night, um, shout out to the team from last night, one of them being Bill. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's courageous what he did, but the reality is that without fear, there's no courage, right? There's you have to have it. Cur- if fear, then it, it's either becoming a weapon against you or it becomes wood for your faith, for your fire. Right, right. It, and you get to choose. And so, um, my fear was always not being enough, man. I'm doing this here today and I'm in awe because at one point, I, I did not want to do any of this stuff. I, I, I didn't think I could, you know. Right. And it was uh, folks that say, well, here, try this. And then at some point, um, I remember thinking, I got to get rid of fear. And so yeah. now whatever scares me, I'm going to do. Yeah, right. <laughs> and man, that that was incredible because, you know, I still 
did things that uh, I said yes to immediately in order to uh, honor what I had said about fear. And then I went on to, you know, poop my pants afterwards. Right, right. But, but I still said yes. And out of that is, is uh, what I saw was, was pretty amazing. But the biggest fear was always not being enough, man. Right. Not being enough uh, for whatever I, I was uh, attempting to do. You speak about it. You speak about uh, that imposter syndrome. Yeah, you know, who do yeah. you think you are, right? Yeah. Who are you to Who yeah. are you to step up? And, sure, sure. And do this. Who are you to start a 100%. company? One hundred percent. And I'll tell you, if I have a time, I want to tell you this little little snippet of a story. I, you know, I went to uh, this this other buddy of mine, Daniel Stoltzfus, who ran ICS for a little bit. Also ran AZYP. At the time, he was at AZYP, and then he went on to the Bowery Mission in New York City. Um, and they do amazing work. They've been there for over 100 years helping homeless just get back on their feet. So he invited a colleague of mine who's also been amazing for me, Paul. We were doing strengthening families. We were coaching people on how to be stronger. Uh, you, uh, you know, they're youth 10 to 14 years of age with their parents, and there's tools. And I'd share one before we leave with parents so I can kind of they can be in better shape with their kiddos. But went to New York because Daniel wanted us to go teach grief recovery to his team. It was the most incredible experience that, that I've had because I was so passionate about this, still am. And, um, and I, met, I met a person there, and this is where, where I can tie this up. I met a person there who had been homeless, who was uh, living out of his car. Okay? This person, I can't recall their name, it's, it's a bit ago, but his story touched me. He says, you know, um, I, I was in the streets for so long, I think he lost his job, lost everything, and, and he was just... Uh, you know, homeless for a while. So the Bowery Mission got involved, got him going again. But before that, he, he was about to kill himself. He says he got to that point. And, and he says he was about to jump off. And if I can remember correctly, I think it was the Brooklyn Bridge. He was about to jump off, literally about to jump off. And But from, from the bridge, he could see his window of his apartment where he lived, you know. And he saw his son's shadow pass by. And that's what he told me. And he says, just at that moment, I thought, well, um, if not for me, because I have nothing, yeah, I, I got to stay up here for, for him. Yeah. And so I didn't do it. <laughs> and well, that's so powerful. It's, it's beautiful, man. Yeah. And so on my way back, you know, I've been telling the Jorge story, and, and I used the Jorge story because there was many things that happened in between to teach the concepts you were talking about. The fact that we put walls up that are not even there, fear does that for us. And if we allow fear to do that, uh, we'll pull it, we'll say, okay, there's walls. We can't do it. But if we fight that with faith, then we burn through the walls because fear just activates our faith. Right. So, but on my way back, self-conscious, always, always wondering if I have enough and, and all these things. I'm thinking, I'm in the plane and I'm thinking, man, that's an amazing story. That man, wow. And, and then I started second guessing myself. What, what, what story can you tell people that would actually even right. care about and yada, yada? And so, you know, always thinking about these things, always thinking and believing that I'm talking to God. Uh, the question that came up in my head was, what well, does your story speak of faith, hope, and love? And I thought, and I looked at my story, right? Yeah. And I thought, yeah, it does. Yeah. And then, then I felt in my heart something, somebody say, then that's enough. Yeah. That's enough. And so... Um, so to honor everyone out there, uh, man, your story, it's very important. Because it's your story, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. everybody has their story. Everybody was given, sure, sure. you know, their, their place, right? Everyone has 
something unique to offer to the world. 100%. Not everybody's going to be a famous movie star or 100%. a famous rock star, or all these sure. people we idolize. There are people that no one has ever heard of outside 100%. of their family and sure. friends that do amazing things. I mean, if you think about probably the most revered person ever, um, mortal person ever was Mother Teresa, right? Yeah. And there she was working in the streets of Calcutta. Everyone knows Mother, sure. you say the name Mother Teresa, they know, you say the name Gandhi, they know. These sure. are people who are just humble people being servants, going out and making a difference, and not even on a, on a huge scale. They weren't filling arenas and preaching. They were simply going out and doing. And I think yeah, the, yeah. the lesson I always take from that is that if I can impact one person today, sure. then I did something really good. 100%. And it's, not, it's not about, you know, we get so conditioned uh, with social media. Of, well, I post a picture of me eating a hamburger and, and only five people liked it. Well, why didn't Mark and Mary like it? They don't like hamburgers anymore. I mean, it, this is how 100%. crazy this whole thing has gotten. And, and I think that what we have to, each of us has to focus on is if we can make an impact on one person today. Sure then we've done our job. And, and you know what, John, the important part there <clears throat> is that uh, folks need to, to know and understand this and work on this. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, uh, you're before the audience of one, and that's you first. Right. If you can make an impact on, on you first, uh, then, then go on and, and perhaps make an impact on everyone else. But it begins with you. Yeah, be a leader of self, right? Self is first. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was Einstein, yeah. and I'm about to ruin this quote that he, that he talked about, but it makes go a lot of sense. Go ahead, butcher butcher it right now, man. So uh, Einstein was talking about how everyone's a genius. Yeah. Everyone's a genius. However, uh, most folks act like a fish mm -hmm. that is trying to climb a tree. Right. You know, yeah. everyone's a genius in a specific area. You yeah. know, a fish can swim. Right. And so the idea behind that is that to, for, for individuals to find their genius, because Absolutely. everyone is, everyone has a talent, everyone can do something better than the other. Yeah. And that's the beauty of this, this, this collage we call life. I mean, uh, and so everybody has a message, right? 100%. They have a story like your story. Mm -hmm. Someone's going to hear that and go, wow, you know, I felt like that in high school or I sure. wish I'd had a Jorge in my life when oh, I was man, at that yeah, age or, yeah. you know, but, but that Jorge is out there somewhere. You 100%. may not have experienced him, but when you need him sure. or her, they're going to show up in your life. We just have to. We live in an impatient world, and I know I'm, that's the biggest thing for me. I'm always sure. working on patience, right? I'm, Don't be know. asking for more patience, man, because there be you're, yeah. you're going to be tested yeah. even more. Yeah. This is the year I master patience, right? Yeah. And, and by you know five minutes after sure. twelve on uh, New Year's Day, I'm like, ah, there, right? <laughs> that's all of us, man. Yeah. But I think what we you know if I if I'm taking something, I know we're coming up on our time, but sure. You know if you know so a couple of the takeaways today that in talking with you, a couple of things I picked up were. You know, there's a fork in the road. And for some of us, that fork in the road was when we were in high school. Sure. And we had an opportunity to go this way. Mm -hmm. But somebody came into our life. We can call them a guardian angel. We can call sure. them whatever we choose. Sure. But somebody came into our life. And because they were in our life and only for just a short period, in the case of your friend, um, they changed the enti entire trajectory yeah. of your life. They did. So it stands to reason that we can be that person mm -hmm. for somebody else. And if somebody out there today hears our conversation and it causes them to feel like, yeah, I'm more than enough. I mean, sure. God may be unique and different. I'm capable of, I've, I've got something to share with the world. If somebody takes that away, then, 
you know, we've done something good here. And, mm -hmm. but I think so many people, everything has to be big. And I believe that life is just a series of small shifts that we make on Tiny. a consistent basis, mm -hmm. right? That lead to bigger and bigger sure. changes. So I just appreciate you having, having you on here today. That's I know honor, that uh, we're coming up on time and, and I, we could probably talk for another couple hours here. I'm sure but, we could, yeah. But I appreciate you, and I and I wish you, uh, you know, really continued success. You're on the sure. path. You're a good dude. You're you're doing the right yeah. thing. You're living your life in a in a service service sure. mentality, sure. and you're making an impact on the world. And and I just uh, I appreciate having you on the Breakthrough Zone. It's and, an and, honor, man. Yeah, uh, thank I, you so much. Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to getting to know you, uh, you know, better, building our relationships. One hundred percent. Thanks for thanks for coming on today. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, John. Thank you uh, again to LTD Media. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, These guys are awesome. They're amazing. They're, please support them out there. Uh, they're they're, they're going to change the world. And so, but thank you. And, and everybody out there, just understand it begins with your thoughts. Guard your thoughts. It's a big deal. It begins there. So thank you so much. You're welcome. We hope you've enjoyed today's show. To learn more about John, visit johnpageburton.com. See you next time in the Breakthrough Zone.